Local PIO Groups, episode 100. And here we go. Be sure to visit soundmind.app, peachjar.com, and nickelstrategies.com. Advocating for public education, sharing our stories, and celebrating our schools, students, and staff. From crisis communications to media relations, social media, and everything in between, we're here to give you the best strategies, tools, and techniques to help you help others. Welcome to the School PR Podcast, brought to you by Peach Jar, Sound Mind, and Nickel Strategies. Here's your hosts, Matthew Jennings and Ryan Ferran. All right, welcome. Historic episode, Matthew. Never thought we'd make it 100. What's up, my man? Yo, yo, and we got a really special episode coming at you for number 100, which rocks. Yeah, special guest, Ian Hannigan, back on the podcast, Chief Communications Officer, Orange County Department of Education. Ian, thanks for joining. Yeah, I'll be bringing you the traffic on the fives, traffic and weather coming up. <laughs> Your headset is epic. <laughs> so 100th episode, we're going to pretty much just do a clip show, right, and play clips from all the previous 99 episodes. Is that the plan? Yeah, once our producer gets on that, we'll start playing those clips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll take a number two, no mayonnaise, extra pickles, and we'll supersize that. Sir, we, you come here every day. We know your order. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Got you. Thank you. Ian's wearing a very fancy headset. Those actually sound great, though, so I appreciate it. And uh, you are right. I do. When I, Once I'm in a groove at a, at a place where I eat, mm-hmm. I'm there like five days a week for months on months on months. Well, I listened to our, our last recording, and, and you guys sounded so professional, and I sounded like I was talking through a walkie-talkie, so I thought I'd have to uh, step it up a little bit. <laughs> you sound good. Sound Bring good. Look good. So, gentlemen, I have you here today because you are great people, and uh, it is exciting, 100 episodes. We started a long time ago, many years ago, and I didn't think we'd make it to 100 episodes, to be honest, and... Uh, Matthew's been on the past, I don't know, year or so, and we had a record number of downloads in 2023 and still counting. So I appreciate all the new people in the field listening and everyone kind of participating and showing the support and love, especially our sponsors, Peach Jar, Nickel Strategies, and SoundMind. Without them, none of this happens. So go check them out. Appreciate it. Um but local PIO groups is kind of what I want to talk about. Ian, I feel like you were the OG for this. You started a great group down in Orange County. And I stole that idea, do it here in the San Gabriel Valley in LA County. And we all have Enspra, we have Calspra, amazing groups. But sometimes it's nice to have that closer connection, much more regional. And you started this OC group. I guess, tell us how this kind of came up and how you formed it in case other people around the country think this is a good idea, and, I, and I'm sure they will. Well, I started here at Orange County Department of Education back in 2015, and, um, you know, at the time, we had some, some I'd say, loose friendships, uh, connections of other PIOs. I had been a PIO at a district, and I think it was about just getting us together, but I think the challenge is you don't want to, uh, you know, everybody operates independently. We all operate independently under our, our elected boards and our superintendents. And so 
You know, you want to make it clear that um, the county certainly doesn't oversee the work of, of PIOs, but could we bring a network together and maybe be a little stronger than the sum of our parts? I think really it was a realization that um, being a PIO or a school comms person can be kind of a lonely job. In my experience, uh, there would be a, a crisis go down and sometimes you can get an audience with the superintendent and sometimes you're just kind of answering the phones and you're out there on your own. And maybe somebody else, you know, a city away has been dealing with that same crisis, uh, you know, five weeks ago, and they have some notes and some things to share. So it was about just getting everybody together, uh, being able to vent a little bit and maybe share some best practices. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Jennings was there from the get go. Um, Do you allow and, that guy in your group? <laughs> Jennings right? taught me uh, all about business casual, uh, which I've embraced, embraced ever since. <laughs> wow. Thanks. That's awesome. So we would meet quarterly, but I don't know that it really took off the way I wanted it to until COVID, until we started meeting um, every week, sometimes twice a week via Zoom. And then we became a really tight-knit bunch. Yeah. And... Um... You used to invite me to those OC groups, which I appreciate. Then I got kicked out. Um, we'll talk about that later. But um, I thought it was a great concept. I enjoyed, even though I'm not in Orange County, you're talking about universal things that applied to me too, which is great. Just the connection, the camaraderie. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. You have a great group of uh, kind of superstars in Orange County too, which um, just picking their brains and hearing their thoughts on different issues was great. Um, so I stole it here and started a small group in San Gabriel Valley. And so we do twice a week virtual or no, sorry, not twice a week, once every other week. So twice a month virtual. And then once maybe a quarter or every few months, we try and get together in person if people can. And it's super valuable, especially just knowing, you know, one example I have from earlier this year is that we all kind of went through is that storm that everyone thought was Armageddon and people were closing schools and the wave of schools started closing in San Diego and up here. So it was great for our local group here to know what each other's doing. And it didn't need to be the same, but here's what they're doing. And it kind of helps you because when you're in a district, you're often compared to, well, your district next door is closing. Why aren't you? And so if you have that information ahead of time, um, and they may have a better reason to close because, well, they're, they have floods in four of their schools and they can't they can't get enough people there. We don't. That's why we're open. So when you get those questions, you now talk to their PIOs directly who are in, in contact with the superintendent. So that's just one example where that was on a weekend. We're all on the horn on our email chain and who's closing, who's not closing. Get that information to your soup. They make a better informed decision about what's happening around them. So it's been great. And then just as more issues come down the pipe, you're able to touch base and we kind of do a go around. If we don't have any topics to the forefront, just, hey, bring your issues in and we'll all, we'll all help kind of chew on it and try and give you some ideas. So it, it's been great for us. What network, uh, what region are you pulling from? Uh, that's a great question. Mostly our area, but there's people, there's a lot of people in OC that don't like your group that come to my group. No, <laughs> just kidding. No, people that just kind of hear about us through people in our group say like, oh, well, we're in this local group if you want to join. So there are some people on the outskirts that aren't really too close to the epicenter of San Gabriel Valley, but they get a lot out of it. Um, you get more kind of FaceTime. So we're kind of a, we're, the heart is San Gabriel Valley, but we go 
little bit to the coast and stuff. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. And I imagine that each group uh, creates its own culture. And that's one of the things that I really found special about our group um, is, you know, it's built on authentic relationships. And I don't think that you can force that. I think people genuinely like each other. And maybe the most amazing thing about um, having this is, you know, you've got just, and I, I wish I could name everybody off the top of my head, but, you know, obviously Annette Franco and Annie Oh, God, Brown she's in the group, Annette Franco? Just, oh, just my goodness. Oh, Deidre, Deidre was there. Deidre was there from the early days, yeah. Furman Leal uh, now. Um, Furman. Who else was, was you know, helped start this? But Alyssa Griffiths was uh, part of that. Um, yeah, Alyssa. You know, and I would echo that too. Like anybody that's listening to this is maybe thinking about doing it. For me, that was some of the early days of my career too. And and I got to say, like, I super appreciated, really, really appreciated, like developing those relationships. And then when I got to Kalispera or I got to Innsbruck, I had friends that I had spent more time with that I had not necessarily been in the trenches necessarily with, but we like worked through issues and talked through hot topics together. And um, I think for me, that was the best thing to come out of it is that real relationship building and that friendship piece and that component. Now, I mean, some of those people we just named off, like I'm, I'm friends with, we hang out on the weekends together. We go do things. We go on trips together, you know? So it's been, that's for me, it's, that's been the most it is actually feeling like I'm not alone. Like you led with the end. Like I've got a group of people. I don't recall getting any invitations for trips. <laughs> no, he said his real friends that he made out of that. Oh, group. okay. I'm sorry. My, my apologies. <laughs> But, you know, I think one of the greatest things is um, the willingness to share content, to share messaging and ideas. Uh, there's a tendency, or, or at least there can be, to get real proprietary um, if you've got something that is, you know, working well for you. And, you know, all the folks I just mentioned and, and pretty much everybody in our group is so willing to share their strategies and ideas. And I think it's just made us better as a county um, and, and made our schools better as well. Yeah, and the county concept is great. I mean, you're at the the county department there, and uh, Laco, our county here in LA, kind of they they did a group in COVID, and they kind of just restarted it, which is great. Um, but I, I don't know. There's something about the intimacy of the the smaller groups, and they start. What's cool for I'm sure your group and mine is it starts small, and so the culture is really good, and it just slowly builds. And um, you're right. It's all about the relationships. And Matthew made a great point. It is so much better for new people going to Calspur or Ensper knowing 20 people as opposed to like walking in going, my first Calspur, I knew nobody. And I'm like, it's kind of just not as fun. It's a little bit awkward. You're like, oh, geez. But now if you're in one of these groups, you go up there, you have 20 friends off the bat, which is just so much better. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, um, we also have some side conversations and text threads and being able to commiserate a little bit is, uh, is I think, an important part of keeping our sanity in, this, in these jobs. Yeah, so Calspar does such a good job and Calspar has regions. So they, they even expanded the regions over the years. I used to be a regional chair and it's great. The only little slight difficulty is that is the regions expand three and four counties. And in Northern California, if you look at the Calspar map, they got like 12 counties. It, it's hard to get there, but they do a great job of the regional conferences and they network. Um, but you hear, you know, sometimes like, hey, can we get a region for this area of the state or this add another region? And so instead of putting that on Calspra, I would say just do that yourself. 
So for me, Ian, the work using your models, stealing it, um, it's not much work at all. I just send out a calendar invite. I get an email chain going and just add to the contact list. And people are always so appreciative. Like, Thanks for organizing this. It's really next to nothing to do. So I don't mind it. As far as you leading your group, what's the work entail if somebody's thinking about, oh, I'd like to lead my local group? Well, you know, I think when I first started, that was the hardest part was finding out who was in all these roles, right? Sometimes it's a designated communications person. Sometimes it's an executive assistant and then making phone calls, you know, doing cold calls, which, you know, for a, a lot of folks, it's not their favorite thing in the world to do. Um, so, you know, getting, getting a sense of who is in these roles, getting them plugged, plugged in, in. Um, getting them to attend a meeting. And then over time, you have, you know, we've had so much turnover in these positions, um, but people understand that we have this network. So when superintendents hire a new school communications professional, uh, they'll say, hey, I want you to get in touch with Ian's group, get on their listserv, get on their list, get, get going to the meetings. I'll usually try and reach out to them and talk to them and find out a little bit about their background um, and let them know what we offer. And especially if they're newer to the profession or just newer to public schools, uh, I think they're very grateful to be able to have um, some vets that they can ask questions of. Uh, and, and that's really all this is. It's about becoming greater than the sum of our parts. Um, I think, you know, coming into this role, um, you know, I don't have all the answers. And so, you know, you could try and position this where, you know, I'm trying to, you know, crank out statements for every, you know, to, to help out uh, every district, especially for those who are newer in the role. But what we have is just this great resource of, um, you know, human capital of, of, uh, of expertise. And so it's really about tapping into that. And um, no one of us has to have all the answers. So true. You know, and you said something about turnover, too. We did. Even in that group in those early days. I remember Keith Sterling. Now he's at City of Beverly Hills. Uh, and well, who was the gal that was in that that was also HR? She was like the HR superintendent or something like that, but did all the communications. I forgot who that was. But there was someone in our group that was, wasn't even the official comms role, but it just got thrown to her and human resources. So it is true. And you bring those other categories together, and um, and that brings even more diverse perspective into the conversations around, you know, school communications and crises. Momo was a big thing back then. I remember that was one of our meetings, uh, you know, that nonsense. But uh, Ian always had kind of like a fluid agenda, too, that we, we'd all, all have the ability to add input to the agenda. He'd send it out like a week before and we'd be able to go in and say, like, oh, I want to talk about this. or I'm, I've got this going mm -hmm. on. And then there was always just extra time for like just, yeah, I, I, miss, and talking. I miss Momo. It was really a it was a simpler time. It was the when time, Momo was the it? top issue. Um, yeah, Lisa Winston. Do you remember? Uh, Lisa, that. Now she's a and, superintendent. And now she's a superintendent. And we've had a few of those. Uh, Mario Carlos wow. in, uh, in uh, La Habra. And so we've had a few uh, folks who have gone on to, uh, you know, earn the, the top seat in terms of uh, superintendencies. How could I forget Lisa? Aunt Lisa, if you listen to this, I'm so sorry. I forgot. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. It was out of context. But Lisa Winston's a rock star. She's over and there. Her, with and, her amazing, and her amazing uh, communications uh, manager, uh, Adriana Angulo. Yep, shout out to Adriana. Adriana. Yeah, that's a good team. <laughs> Saw them at Calspra. But it, you know what? That's funny you say that. So you had a couple people not exactly comms that go to superintendent role like Lisa. But if it's hard to be a really good superintendent without having 
really good communication skills, even mm-hmm. internally or externally. But I feel like you walk into a board and be like, this is how I'm going to brand our school. This is how I'm going to communicate. This is my media relations philosophy. I think you're going to blow some people away. And I'm sure she picked up a ton from you guys. Now, so Ian, do you do an agenda every week? Should I be doing an agenda or just kind of uh, off the top of your head, you have a couple topics or how do you do that? Uh, yeah, this is the part where I'm a little embarrassed because no, there's no formal agenda. Um, mostly it's a round table, but I do, uh, you know, usually we'll start off with a couple of topics that are of interest or if some of the participants have hit me up in advance and say, hey, I want to talk about this. Um, you know, and so on our next meeting agenda, I think one of the things I'd like to talk about is kind of what comes next after AI. And, uh, you know, of course, we're going to be able to put out all this, you know, content so efficiently, but as is everybody else, which means, you know, I think in the next few years, uh, families are going to be flooded with what looks like very high quality information. How can we humanize that? How can we build our brand so that we become this sort of trusted source for news? They see our logo and they know we're getting the most credible information here. And how can we be authentic and not, you know, uh, send them something that a robot put out entirely? Because, you know, obviously, if uh, I think families will recognize that if nobody bothered to write it, they shouldn't bother to read it. And so that's a conversation I want to have with this group. And again, just... I'm so impressed with all of the content and the, um, you know, the, the communications that they're putting out. So it's, it's a great resource for me to, to find out what's really happening at the district level. Hey, do you know a good way to humanize all this AI stuff? Yeah. You know, we've talked, had these conversations and I think that, um, you know, we uh, put... I have a sarcastic answer for you. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Go for it. it. Sorry. <laughs> all you have to do when you type in the request is just say humanize this response. <laughs> we sh- you know what's going to happen? You're right, though. Everyone's going to use AI and have all this mm-hmm. polished content, but then it'll be like, it doesn't have that human touch. What should we do? Oh, let's hire all the humans back that we fired for AI. Let's yeah, use right. some humans. You know, I wish I could see that happening. Well, you know what's funny is, too, and I think I've said this, too, with you, Ryan, but on a previous podcast, maybe, but uh, I heard a keynote at CGCS, the Council of the Great City Schools in St. Louis this past time. Um, who said it really, really well. It was a keynote uh, a speech on AI and the use of AI. And they drove home the facts. Somebody asked the question uh, live, is it going to take over our jobs? And she said, absolutely not. The person that knows how to leverage and use AI will take over your job. And it just really hit home. That makes so much sense to me because it's like anything else. You know, it's going to need human intervention. It's going to need to be managed. And the person that knows how to leverage that the most effective and efficient way possible is going to be the one that gets the job. Uh, but it's not going to replace us completely. But you're right in, in that, how it writes. It's like, it's, like when we, it's like when you ask your attorney for an opinion on communication and they give it back to you and you're like, yeah, I'm not putting that out. I'm going to need to rewrite this entire thing, right? Like, I get where you're coming from, attorney, but uh, my families need to read this and actually understand what's happening. So, same. You know, what you said is so on point, Matt. And, um, you know, you think about it's not just how the work gets done, but it's about prioritizing what work needs to be done. What issues are there happening in your community that need to be addressed or you need to be proactive? And that, you know, requires a little bit of executive management. It requires that critical thought. Um, Those are things that I don't see AI doing. That and peeling eggs. Every time I peel an egg, I think, try this robot. (laughs) Try this robot. Or an orange. (laughs) No, they can do oranges. (laughs) <laughs> just not eggs. Okay. <laughs> it is a good point though. Cause that, that brings me back to like 
you know, we talked, I, we had a big podcast about AIs did, did really well, but you know, in that discussion, we're talking about, you know, the invention of the calculator. That was a big thing in schools. It was like, Oh my God, these kids are going to be cheating using this, the Mm -hmm. internet itself. Uh, but remember social media was like, Oh my goodness, social media, like, how are you going to do it? You're going to have to hire 14 year olds that are on social media all day, but it's, it's how you utilize it. Cause you still need to put in the prompts. You still need to know how to integrate it. You still need, somebody has got to put in the information. AI just doesn't sit at your desk and do it for you. So it's, don't be afraid of it, embrace it, see how you can use it, play around with it. Um, if you haven't done it yet, you should definitely check it out, put in some prompts and, you actually get better yourself at using AI. As AI gets better, you also learn how to put in better prompts and you you can easily, you try one thing, okay, write a press release about Arcadia Unified budget. And then you're like, okay, compare it to these. And so you, you, you learn how AI learns better. And um, I think you're right that if you know how to utilize it, you'll be just fine. I think, you know, the best way that I've found to utilize it at this point is as a thought partner yeah. and to be able to kind of dialogue a little bit back and forth on, on messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that a lot of the, you know, school communicators in our group are really using it in innovative ways. I get a lot of their uh, messages. I'm on a bunch of their um, messaging lists and it's just, I'm always impressed to see what's going on. Uh, Rena from Tustin, um, you know, she's, uh, putting out videos. I get them every Saturday and uh, I'm just like, when do you all have time to do this? Um, These extraordinary videos that um, I know that they have uh, another staffer who uh, edits those together, but just a ton of work um, to do that every week. And that's what AI does. You know, it'll, it'll free us up in other areas so that we can focus on some of the other messaging that, you know, especially in the state of California. So I, I have the benefit, right, of getting to travel the country and talk to a lot of other comms departments. Uh, you know, I was, I, I was talking to some communications departments in Texas uh, that have 50 plus people in their communication. The big departments in Texas, man. And their wow. communication department, right? Like it's insane. Or Florida or some of these other states that have really significant resources, right? In California, we are really still a very undervalued position. I think a lot of superintendents have come on board with the fact that we need to have professional communicators on staff, but we're not funded in the way that other states are. And we're huge. We're the fifth largest economy on earth still, right? I mean, we're competing for students uh, in, in, in many ways in, in, in desperately competing for students that other states aren't. Like Texas, I, was, I talked to an elementary uh, uh, district just a couple of weeks ago. They're building 14 new elementary schools next year. You know, they're seeing an influx of students, right? Where we're seeing a decline. Most areas are seeing a decline. Uh, but it just goes back to AI, especially for those one-person shops. And we kind of like transition to AI here. I'm not sure how this happened. But, you know, bring up resources and capacity in, in one-person departments or small departments that allow you to focus on other areas and storytelling. Because at the end of the day, uh, we do need to be out there telling our stories, making sure that the community at large sees the good work that's happening within each classroom. I, I love what's happening in these areas and just how innovative, um, you know, people in our profession are, are becoming. When I first started at Irvine Unified, um, I would say we were a bit siloed. You know, I would hear from the county office every so often, uh, but I knew that there were, uh, you know, some real veteran uh, public information officers in Garden Grove and in Tustin, um, but they certainly weren't across the board. And the job was very different back then. You know, it was uh, a lot of event planning, uh, press releases, media pitches, and now, you know, through, uh, you know, all the platforms, including Peach Jar and including, um, you know, uh, others, 
uh, I'm just constantly amazed at all the innovative ways that people are getting out. They've kind of built these um, communications infrastructures that really match where their districts are at and what the community needs are. And um, it's great to see, you know, there was a, there was a time when, you know, when we put out, we started our, our blog uh, OCD newsroom. And before that we had one in Irvine, I felt like we were um, really cutting edge and pushing the envelope. And now it's, it's just uh, it's quantum leaps. And some of the things that people are doing are so impressive. If you want to check out more Ian and his, OCD newsroom. What podcast do we do that on? Um, forget the number, but it's on the podcast and how you created that newsroom. That was an awesome discussion. I think people would appreciate that, but that's out there as well. Uh, the previous podcast was with the whole peach jar team. Somebody mentioned peach jar and uh, I actually just sent somebody that podcast because we were talking about peach jar and digital flyers and they were having questions about who do you allow to use peach jar and who do you not? The kind of community guidelines. I said, that's always the toughest decision. Peach jar is great, but it's like, all right, who are we going to allow to use it? So we talked deep in that one in episode 99. Somebody also mentioned the budget. We're going to have Kevin Gordon from capital advisors on next week. We're going to talk to him. You guys may have seen the news, uh, California, $68 billion shortfall. Yes. Um, so scary. We're going to ask him how we all got, double digit raises last year and we're all going to be um figuring out what to do next year it's so, so true we're going to talk nationwide to man nationwide ryan i'm talking to districts every single week uh they're they're making budget cuts i was just talking to one uh two days ago 50 million dollar deficit they, they have to clear um by 2024 uh and it's happening everywhere this whole fiscal thing which is a nightmare yeah. and then we're all competing for less students you know there was i i talked to uh kim Kimberly from Jefferson County out in Colorado, uh, we did a, a video podcast and she came from the health sector. And I find this very interesting in the health sector. She worked in the like, uh, what is that? Where, where, where they have the babies. I forget what that, that is. <laughs> Where you know what I'm saying? The, the part of the hospital where they where they have the babies. Okay, I've I've had two of them. I should know. I've spent time there. I have no idea what it's called. Anyway, that's where she was, and I had no idea. I had never heard this term. See if you've ever heard this. So you know, back when when the soldiers came back from World War II, we had the baby boom, right? So in the healthcare sector, they actually have coined a term within the last five years called the baby bust. And it's very real, and it's a very real conversation in the healthcare sector where they're closing down wards, they're losing nurses, they're right-sizing staff because we are not, as a nation, and most industrialized nations, we're not having babies at the rates that we were. In fact, our birth rates are in a, almost in a free fall. Uh, but it just goes back to we're competing for a dwindling population of students, so we're going to get less dollars anyway from the state because we're all in a state of declining enrollment. And then when the state's making budget cuts, we all know that the they just look at our section of the pie for some reason first, seems like, to start taking more money away. So uh, it's a very real question. I look forward to that podcast. Yeah, that's going to, Kevin's going to join us next week. And um, it is interesting. And, you know, you, you bring up a really good point, Matthew. The baby bust, I haven't heard that, but it is very, birth rates are down. And so that obviously goes into school funding, but you know, everyone the past couple of years is doing all these marketing campaigns for students. And I start talking to people, I said, before you do these big marketing campaigns, make sure you have students to attract. Absolutely. You're, you're trying to do marketing campaigns for aliens that aren't here. Like yeah. there's a small pie, but it's not this big pie of students lounging around looking for a place to go. There's just not the numbers. Look if at your in Cal <laughs> Yeah. And if you're in California, 
a lot of them are leaving the state. And like you said, Texas, they're building schools. California, mm-hmm. they're demolishing them. We're closing them. Um, but, it, but it's an issue. And I just was reading um, a newsletter from uh, State Superintendent Thurman about how they're doing. Part of it was about teacher recruitment. And they had a bill last year to pay them more, up to 50% more by mm-hmm. 2030 and do all these teacher recruitments. It's like, well, that didn't go through. They have some bonuses, but no good teachers. There's So how are you going to pay teachers more when you're $68 billion in the hole? Yeah. Like, how's that going to help? And well, teachers you- are, are just the burnout rates now since the pandemic. Behavior issues is through the roof. So it's a real serious problem for public education. It is. And you bring up something that I think you said really quickly that like, needs to be repeated, which is look at your capture rate and find out if there are even students that you're not getting. And, you know, I talked I was talking to Randy Barber, uh, Boulder Valley out in Colorado as well. And he was saying, you also don't want all those students. You know, there are there are students out there that just it's not the right fit for your district. And so you really want to pay attention to how that works. Um, and then I did a really great video on declining enrollment with Krista Majette. Um, that you can check out on Peace Extra Credit in the next you know several weeks or so, and we talk about an award-winning strategy that one district is utilizing to bring kids back that they did lose to private and charter schools, very very highly successfully, um, and it's a strategy that any district across the country could leverage tomorrow and start bringing kids back that they lost, and they've they've returned I don't know fifty or sixty kids like that in just a two or three months work. It's cool. Yeah, I talked to, and you know, speaking of our local, getting back to where we started our local PIO group, I, you know, one of our local districts is like, well, we're bracing, we, we're going for a parcel tax. If Even if we get it, we're still doing layoffs. If we don't get mm-hmm. it, we are really in trouble. Um, so it is coming and it's not, but that, the annoying part is we saw this last year when everyone's dishing out double digit raises. It's like, how? We all know the economy is, is ready for a cliff and yet... So uh, that kind of frustrates a lot of people I know. So Ian, what how's the OC? Are you guys just building mansions on the beach or are you guys, you guys affected well, like the rest of us? I'd be interested in knowing what the county office perspective is on this budget. No, no I mean, cliff. we're, we're uh, heavily impacted, I think, in Orange County because of um, property values. And it's just we're not a place that, you know, new families can come and buy a house. And so... Uh, I think all but a couple of our districts are have been declining, and that really has an impact. I think we're about to lose some of the um, you know federal cushions that were uh, that we enjoyed you know or, or helped get us through COVID. Um, we just had a first interim report. Um, I'm very fortunate that you know our organization is uh, you know looks like we're um, going to be fine the current year and the two out years that they look at, but yeah, statewide, um, it's just an extraordinary challenge. And, uh, you know, especially in, in places like Orange County, uh, where we're just not seeing young families. You know, that's such a good point. And you know, the mm-hmm. other issue that is a little bit out of our control <clears throat> is the perception of safety and like California and San Francisco and some of these big cities, you're seeing retailers move out. You're, they're saying, you know, we can't, the um that big mall up in San Francisco just said like here's the keys we're out of here we can't do business so the safety concerns so I know that's happening in some cities in California throughout the nation where there's this crime perception in cities that never been there and that is an issue where if the safety of the community doesn't get there 
then nobody's moving to that city. The school district enrollment is going to drop even further. And so that is a big statewide issue that is going to impact schools, but I don't know if people have made that connection yet. So this safety and what we're going to do with crime and all, it's huge in California. Um, people in California know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> so, but if your city is one of those cities that's having struggles with that, guess what? They're going to move to a neighboring city, a neighboring county, a neighboring state, and your enrollment's going to drop even further. And then once the reputation of X city used to be safe, it's not. This city over here is way safer. Go over there. That's going to take generations to recover from. So our issues in education and the budget are, you know, combined with our communities and the state and, you know, all everyone's kind of touched here. And I don't I don't know that people are talking about that at that higher level that it needs to be uh, addressed, I think, in that 360 way. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, certainly there are problems that we as educators or, or working in the education field can't address on our own. But I do think that, you know, there are uh, ways that just by strengthening our school systems, by gaining that reputation, and even from a communication standpoint, uh, by, you know, creating brand ambassadors and by um, really promoting all the great work that we do. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of communities uh Working for Irvine is a great example that are just known for their quality of education. People move mm -hmm. there. People come, you know, from across the world uh, based on the quality of their schools. And so really doubling down on those things that we can control, um, you know, the flip side of that is when you have uh, schools that knock it out of the park and you have thriving communities, you have home prices that, uh that also exclude people. So mm -hmm. I don't know that we're going to solve all these problems on this podcast, but um, you know, I think all we can do is, is really focus on our roles that we're so fortunate to have to promote the great things that are happening in schools and be, you know, be a seat at the table. I always say as, as school communicators too, especially if you're on cabinet um, to be able to be a voice in the room. This is what we need to be able to promote. This is what we need to be able to tell families. Therefore, this is what we need to be able to do. Um, I think that we can play a strong role in not just communicating about schools, but uh, helping shape them as well. Yeah, you bring up two good points. One is we can still do our roles and help promote the good things happening. The seat of the table is important, but I think that seat now needs to work with your local city people a little bit more and saying like, here's some of the issues. We need to do this together because you can put all out all the good stories you want but you can only put so much lipstick on a pig before it's like, no, this is an unsafe city, unsafe community. And people are just, they're going to leave. People aren't going to move in. And some of those data points you'll never get because you don't really know who doesn't move into your city. You'll know people that are leaving, but you won't know that they picked X city over Y. You're not going to get that. Um, but I think you're right. You can advocate in your community. You can tell those stories if you don't have a comms team and now in today's climate, you're thinking about hiring a school communication person. I mean, now is the time to do it. Even with budgets terrible, we're talking about what you can control. And that's one of those things you can control. Everything's yeah. done digitally. If you have nothing positive out there, you're not cranking stuff out, highlighting your amazing teachers, your students, your community. I mean, good luck. I don't know how people are going to do it, but yeah, some of it is in our control. And I think what's not you brought up a good point and start advocating, start getting seats at other tables in your community and see what you guys can do as a team.
You mentioned the marketing piece too, and and whether or not that uh, the, the students are there for that. I think that one benefit of having this, you know, regionalized PIO network or school communicators network. I always say school communicators because we have so many different job titles, uh, mm -hmm. people who handle these roles. But um, you know, to be able to come together to talk to your neighbors to work these things out, I think that you can, you know, feuds are created sometimes when one district is trying to market to another district's families. So to be able to work out, give advance notice, this is what my board really wants to do. How can we do this in a cooperative, collaborative way rather than an adversarial way? Um, another benefit that you know comes with having these groups getting together and talking. I want to say actually directly to that, Ian, excellent point. Because in Tustin, anytime I would send out a postcard for kinder registration or open enrollment or whatever, it would hit zip codes that hit Irvine and Santa Ana. And because of the relationships built back in that school communicators group with Furman and Annie, shout out to Santa Ana and Irvine, I would call them up and tell them, hey, I'm sending out a postcard. Some of your family is going to get it. And they would do the same, vice versa. They would call me up and say, hey, we're sending out a postcard. Some of your families are going to get it. Because inevitably, that board president is going to get that postcard. The first call they have is to the superintendent. And then you're getting hit on the head. So I, you know, I was able to then go to the superintendent and just say, hey, next week, postcards going out from Santa Ana. Some of our families are going to get it. He's able to give the board a heads up. We know it's going out. We know our own is going out in, you know, a month or two down the road or whatever. So, but it just goes right back to that school communicators group and the relationships that we built there. How do you have that conversation where you're like, hey, I'm about to try and pillage all your students. Are you cool with that? How does that one no, go? You know, it, it really honestly, and, uh, you know, Furman and Annie, if you're, if you're listening to this, you know, chime in in the comments or whatever. But yeah, I mean, you know, I would call up and just say, hey, just a heads up, you know, the way the zip codes work, I'm sending out a postcard for kinder registration. Some of your family is going to get it. He would say, I appreciate it. You know, one of the funny conversations that actually came out of that Furman goes, hey, while I've got you, like, let me just ask you, like, there's a magazine that I keep putting ads in. I was like, and I'm not going to name the magazine. I was like, oh my God. Me too. And he goes, the only reason I do is because you do. And I was like, the only reason I do is because you do. And so, <laughs> you know, we're like, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of funny, you know? So how, how the conversation has had is, is just being professional with each other. Cause we are in every other way. We share resources, we share documents, we share language, you know, uh, we, we commiserate together. We're on text threads together. It's just a natural step to say, Hey, you know, I want you to know some of your families are going to get this. Um, I don't have complete control over how the zip codes are, are, are set up. Neither do they. So. Matt's so charming. You can't stay mad at Matt. I know. He's such a nice guy. He steals your kids with a smile and you're just like, oh, it's okay. It's Matt. No big deal. No big deal. Uh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm glad we brought it back to the local group because at least you can know and give people a heads up. And and Matthew's right. It's such a good point. It's just giving the, the soup a heads up that you're going to get a, a picture of a postcard from another district from your board president or somebody on the board. And they're going to say, what the heck is this? Or are we doing this? And so at least they can kind of prep themselves and say, you know, this is why they're doing it. And, you know, we can or we cannot do it. Or we analyzed it. Is it worthwhile? And no, it's not worthwhile spending $10,000 for the two students in this area that we don't have kind of a thing. So, yes. um, yeah, really good points. Uh, as we wrap up, gentlemen, I mean, we covered a lot. I thought we were just going to talk uh, local groups, but I, I'm, I'm glad we got to where we, we got because actually AI and the budget and all this sort of stuff and, uh, and marketing, I, really important topics that have been around for a while. And I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, that was cool. 
Yep, that was cool. Well, hey, I mean, if you are if you are interested in some of the marketing and branding stuff too that we we had just talked about, another episode that's coming out with, on Peace Jar Extra Credit is with St. Louis Public Schools. Carl and George, there are two absolute rock stars in the communications world, and we talk about everything: billboard advertisements, radio advertisements, television ads. Like we go top to bottom on that video and talk about the effectiveness of it and how it's working for them. So, just some other strategies as well. If you are interested in learning more about your capture rate and digging into that data and trying to you know, pick up a few students that you might be missing. Yeah, Peace Jar Extra Credit, you guys, you do such a good job with that and getting free information out for professional development for everyone. So I would highly suggest people subscribe to Peace Jar Extra Credit. It's a great YouTube channel. Follow them on social. Ian, uh, the OCDE newsroom, I'm not in Orange <laughs> County, but I subscribe to it. It's it really helpful stuff. You put out so many good articles that are just informative for people, whether it's local or state regional issues. How can people subscribe to the OCDE newsroom? Uh, there's a link on there. Uh, subscribe for updates. Go ahead and just pop your email address in there and you'll get uh, our inbox edition once a week. You want to do that. Yeah. Newsroom.ocde.us. Front page. Subscribe for updates. And I would highly suggest you do it. There's really good information on here. Um, you can see how a good localized story is done, but then there'll be other uh, topics and articles that apply to you and make you informed and all that sort of stuff. Shout out also to uh, to uh, Rob Mazeros of Kern County, and mm -hmm. they've created their own newsroom as well. It looks great. They yep. must have listened to the podcast on uh, right. creating your own newsroom. <laughs> Rob's amazing. He's a great guy. I'd follow him. And so they, I want to see if uh, I can subscribe to Rob's. Talk about branding and design. That's that's the that's the dude right there. You know, while I have while I have a microphone and a podcast, Ian, let me just tell you, thank you so much for being you, my man. Seriously, I, I wish every district had a county office of ed with someone in the comms department, just like you with your vision and leadership. Uh, I know you got me through a heck of a lot, man, it's including even though I was in uh, San Diego County at the time, including COVID, um, reaching out to my peeps up there in Orange County and staying in tune to your newsroom. And so just really, truly, truly you. Uh, have an incredible reputation behind the scenes. I don't know if you hear it enough, how loved you are and how much people do love you. Um, but, but really good work that you all are doing there at the Department of Ed. I really appreciate it. And uh, hey, you know, I all the credit a, I work for Arcadia. I'm not at the Department of... Oh, that was... Oh, <laughs> that was so, all you. That was all you. No, echo all that. Echo all that. All Sorry. the credit to you. I mean, we're all stewards in these roles. So whatever we can to you know, advocate and kind of keep this endowment of public schools going for the next generation. We got to do it. Amen. Yeah. I, uh, not as poetic as Matthew. That was very nice of what you said about Ian, but it's true. I've texted you off the thread, uh, off the grid a few times asking for, uh, resources and advice and, uh, information on stuff. I really appreciate once upon a time getting invited to the OC group. I appreciate getting kicked out of it. That was also just just the same honor because uh, Matthew clearly got kicked out of it as well, which is, you know, I'm in good hands. So uh, I appreciate everything you do. I got an <laughs> invite every Friday. I could join in. Uh, it's on my calendar. Mine, <laughs> we'll remedy that. Mine's been <laughs> Mine comes and goes. It's just like how if Ian can stand me for that, you know, or not. I, I mean, I, I you know, it. do you remember every group that played Saturday Night Live? No, but you remember Elvis Costello because he got banned. <laughs> I remember the hits. Goes. Yeah, I remember the stories. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, very good stuff. Well, Ian, thanks for everything. Thanks for the idea of the the local PIO group because I stole it. I use it, and there's twenty something people in my group who 
probably don't know it, but they should uh, they should be thanking you too because that's an idea that I robbed one hundred percent, and uh, so we appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, and throw me an invite to your group sometime too. I'll pop in and uh, see if I can pick up ideas from you. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll talk to my people. See how that... No, but I did talk to them. I told them about our idea of doing a collab between our two groups and maybe meeting for, you know, a uh, happy hour or something. And they were very excited to do that. We're just doing a virtual with the two groups and uh, that would be easy to do and just kind of uh, making more connections for people in the area. Cause I don't know. This feels like the rival news gangs on Anchorman <laughs> to me. Telemundo is <laughs> about to show up for sure. <laughs> it's going to get real serious, but it's cool because some people, uh, you know, they live very close, but they work further away. So they may live in OC, but they're working in San Gabriel Valley. So um, it's kind of cool to connect people like that. At the very least a happy hour. I can't tell you how many good ideas uh, or at least they seem good at the time, come from, uh, you know, happy hours to be able to get people out in more social social situations. If Annette Franco goes, I am there. <laughs> She's not there, I'm not going. Fair. Party. She's the best. All right, guys, we'll appreciate it. And then, uh, Ian, you probably haven't heard this yet, but um, this is the... This is the legendary Matthew Jennings jamming on guitar right there. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's so that's, uh, good. What, did you, that can go, you can hit the end button now. It's leave down at the bottom there, Ian. No Is he way. playing the outro music? No, no. I'm, I'm staying for this. I might. No, might... no. Yeah. What Dude, we had a it? lot of shout outs on this episode. Yeah, a lot of name dropping. Almost a record. We had one episode <laughs> with so many name drops. Uh, it's too fun, man. It's too fun. But, we should go yeah. through and count all the names on this one. I know there were a lot. Some some we actually remembered, some we forgot. But uh, can you can you tag them in the social media? Is that uh, is that a thing that the kids do? <laughs> we need to. They do do that. <laughs> the kids do it. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll appreciate it. Good work as always. Great catching up. Let's do something soon in person, yeah. uh, in real life, IRL, as the kids say. And uh, thanks for listening to episode 100. Wow, triple digits. Next week, Kevin Gordon, we're going to talk about the cliff we're all facing, what to do, what to expect. Last episode, we had the Peace Jar crew on. If you're not using Peace Jar, listen to that episode. It gives you everything and guidelines, best practices, and the like. We have Ian's podcast about how to create a newsroom for your school district. So check them out. For now, keep telling those stories and advocating for public education in your communities. Thanks, gentlemen. See you. Thank you.